Greetings all and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. I'm Russell Morse. Joining me today in the booth, we have Melanie Feliciano, Quest On editor. Jamila King is here with us. Welcome, Jamila. It's your first time. It's great to have you. Uh, we're joined also by Amelia Gonzalez. Welcome back. And as always, our delightful and talented producer, Eming Piance. Uh, thanks, everybody, for being here. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing uh, the Quest on Reconstruction vertical. The vertical is called Reconstruction with an I, like Puerto Rican instruction. It's clever. Is everybody on board with that joke? <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you. That's all I wanted was just like a light chuckle. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the goal of the vertical is to tell stories uh, related to recovery from Hurricane Maria and all the kind of peripheral stories about uh, the economic situation in Puerto Rico uh, and just life in what some people used to call the 51st state. I want to start with you, Melanie, for a few reasons. First of all, you're the editor of the Reconstruction Vertical. Uh, you're a Puerto Rican woman, uh, even though you call yourself La Gringa, which we'll talk about later. It's a wonderful nickname that I love. Uh, and you recently wrote an excellent piece about a comic book with the same name as the vertical Reconstruction. Can you start us off with a description of the comic, how you came to it? What is Reconstruction? Thanks for having me on the show. Of course. Uh, so Reconstruction, Reminiscing and Rebuilding Puerto Rico is a comic book that was just released at the end of May. Um, it was produced by Edgardo Miranda Rodriguez. It doesn't get any more Latin than that. And um, he's a comic book writer and artist based in New York. I actually tried to track him down in Williamsburg. Um, it turns out he doesn't have an actual physical office, but I had an exchange with his answering service trying to get an interview with him, and he's a little bit difficult to um, reach because he he's kind of like a big deal right now. This book um, pairs up his new super superhero called La Borinquena with all of the DC comics. Um, right, I'm looking characters. at the cover right now, just for the sake of our listeners. Uh, and we have on the left Wonder Woman, looking fantastic as always. And then on the right, kind of like a Puerto Rican version of Wonder Woman, really, like all equally insanely uh, patriotic. And they're both holding opposite ends of a Puerto Rican flag, something I never thought I would see on the cover of a comic book. And then on the back, she's like standing with her hand on her hip, looking uh, very sassy, uh, right in front of Superman. And this is not, I mean, you're saying everybody throughout the DC universe, it's not just Wonder Woman, Superman, like she's teaming up with everybody. Yeah, the, the way I've likened it, it's like when Madonna sang with Ricky Martin at the Grammys in 1999 and thus launched the Latin boom. Was that pre-J-Lo or was that post? That was when she was just Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, so J Jennifer Lopez had, had recently come out as, as a Mexican and Selena. <laughs> and, um, and that was the era that I was actually working for a website called Latino.com where um, we were covering all these kinds of issues and they were literally calling it the Latin boom because everything was a boom at that time, whether it was the dot-com boom or the Latin boom. There's a lot of booms. Well, we were on the verge of a new millennium. We thought the world was going to end. Everything had to do. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the stories in here. Are they related at all to Hurricane Maria and the recovery? Are they just about a woman making her way in the world? What are her superpowers? I'm very curious. No, they're absolutely about the hurricane and the re 
the reconstructing of the island after um, the hurricane hits. So La Borinquena's powers are specifically to fight the um, there's a there's a spiritual god of the hurricanes that she actually tries to fight off in one of the stories. Um, and then, of course, she elicits or solicits the, the the powers of the DC Comics characters to fight them off. Is this a good time to segue into Black Lightning? Please tell me all about her so adventures Black, with Black Lightning. Black Lightning is one of the superheroes that she teams up with to actually um, repower the um, energy grid, the electric grid. And Oh, that's their mission together? The power is down in Puerto Rico, so she yeah, teams yeah. up with Black Lightning, whose superpower, of course, is... yes. Shooting yeah. out lightning bolts. Right. Brilliant. Good writing. I'm in already. Yeah, yeah. So and and um and so Black Lightning also goes by a nickname, Black Power. And I had no idea until I read this um comic book that there was a black superhero on the DC comic side. Obviously I knew about Black Panther. Um but the one on DC comic side hasn't gotten his own film. And but he recently just got his own TV show on the CW, so it looks like um, these superheroes are starting to get their time in the spotlight. Well, Marvel's just been so much better than DC about making good movies, anyway, right? Yeah, I I mean I'm not gonna lie, I really love the Wonder Woman movie just oh, yeah, because was... I was waiting for them to come out with that film for many many years. I was. One of those kids in the 80s that wore Wonder Woman underoos and jumped into the pool um, doing spins. Well, you mentioned that in the story and you referred to Wonder Woman as a Latina because the woman who played her on television in the 70s was, was Mexican. Linda, Linda Carter. Yeah, she was half Mexican. I mean, that, that was Latina. <laughs> no, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing was, I didn't actually know as a kid that she was Latina, but the fact that she had brown hair and, and big hips... I just I identified with her in a certain way. Um, I I just decided that she was Latina, and then many years later, when I was um, reading about Wonder Woman and her history, um, I learned that Linda Carter had this heritage as well. And I was like, oh, she's the Latina super- superhero. So, but I mean, this leaves me wondering, you know, who who would be the right person to play a character, you know, La Borinquena, because one of the cool things about this superhero is that she's black. She, um, like the author said that he wanted to make her specifically not like the Puerto Rican that we think of, um, like the Jennifer Lopez, who's more like a maybe Taina with background, like an indigenous background. Um, he wanted her specifically to be black. And so... Um, one of the one of the authors of one of the stories in the comic book is Rosario Dawson, who I believe is half Puerto Rican and then also has got some black heritage as well. Um, but there's some, you know, talk about maybe she's too old because she's already in her 40s. <laughs> oh, no, man. You disagree, And what, you're never too old to be a superhero? You're never too old to be Rosario Dawson. She was a badass in um, Forever. Uh, what? What? What's no? And but the, when she plays the main prostitute in Sin City, like oh, yeah. that was a bad yeah, character. Bad. She's always been tight. I've been with her since kids. Okay, so I don't want any yeah, judgments. Same here. <laughs> yeah, me too. No uh, judgment. The Only joke I was gonna make was like, oh, you want to cast like an Afro Latina for to play this character? I'm like, you know what they're gonna do. 
they're going to get Zoe Saldana and all the Puerto Ricans would be like, no, she's Dominican. (laughs) (laughs) She's getting all the parts, man. They're taking over. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is acting. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be the thing that you are on screen, although it is kind of a gray area. It gets a little tricky. Mm. I'll I'll give you that. I'm not trying to to go down that rabbit hole. Um, We can't unpack that right now. See, I'm glad you used, look at, you're born to do transitions. The reason she's saying that is because one of the stories from the comic book that you write about in your piece, Melanie, is the one where he teams up, she teams up with Black Lightning. And they have a moment, right? They, like, have an acknowledgement of a shared experience. It's kind of a side note because they're on a mission. They're doing superhero stuff and they need to, like, figure out how to repower the grid. But my impression is, like, you know, Black Lightning just trying to, like, make conversation. You know what I mean? Like, build a cultural bridge while we're, like, flying to save the day. Because <laughs> uh, he mentions that he's never been to Puerto Rico before. And he he makes a comment about what? About the diaspora? About the connection between the experience of Black Americans and Puerto Ricans? What are his exact words? So, La Boricania, what she says to him is that the island has a history of resilience, and that's what makes them Boricua, right? And so Black Power says, well, that's how black folks are. We're resilient, too. I mean, not to diminish your dope cultural heritage, but bottom line is you got off the slave ship one stop before we did, right? So at that point, that's where she's like, yeah, that's, you know, we need to focus on our mission right now. Because she says that's a lot to unpack, right? Yeah, it's a lot to unpack. And and when I was writing this, Russell asked me to unpack it, but I actually don't know how. And that's why we're here to have this conversation. Yeah, well, I just thought it's such a good moment. It's such good writing, right? Because it doesn't need, like, not every comic, just because he's a black superhero and she's a Puerto Rican superhero, they don't have to be talking about being black and Puerto Rican all the time. But it's, like, nice that it comes up. And it's also nice that she kind of shuts it down. I just felt, journalistically, it's a good entry point for you or for someone to go in. Like, the comic doesn't answer this question because how could any comic answer the question about, like, shared experiences in the African diaspora or identity or whatever but it it dovetails very nicely with the conversation that you and I have wanted to have about identity and Latino identity in general that's why I'm glad that Jamila is here that's why I'm, I'm glad that Amelia is here because we have people with different experience but like a lot of overlap in terms of like whatever diasporas we're referring to it's like yes I am a Mexican person I'm Latino my mom's family is from Mexico right but you know if you look a certain way if you look like I do most people are surprised to learn that Right. And Amelia is pointing at herself because everybody knows her name is Amelia Gonzalez and whatever. She has light brown hair and she has fair skin. And there are a lot of assumptions. People probably hear your last name and they're like, what? Gonzalez? Everyone thinks you're Mexican. Everyone thinks you're Mexican. Yeah, actually, I got hired once because they thought I was Mexican to add diversity. But too bad I look white. I mean, I don't think they cared. They probably were like, wow, this is an easy way to add diversity, (laughs) right? Like, let's check that box. Wait, so what, so what is, some people make assumptions based on your last name or they make assumptions based on your appearance or both? What is your background, first of all? My dad is from Nicaragua. So my abuelita came to the States. My abuelita came to San Francisco when she was like 25. And then my dad and his sister came to the States when he was like nine or 10. She was like 13. So people assume that you're Mexican because you're in you were in California and anytime somebody meets a Latino in California they think they're Mexican. Yeah, or like anytime your name is Gonzalez, 
Yeah. To kind of place you in, you know, like no one thinks like, oh, you must be from Nicaragua. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's also not. Even know, don't even know where that country is. They're we have like, a lot more of like a lot more cultural preconceptions about right. Mexicans. There's so many Mexicans in the United States. We don't have a lot of cultural preconceptions about people from Nicaragua. Yeah. But you could also be from Corn Island. Part of this came up because we had dinner the other night and I referred to myself jokingly as an Anglo-Latino because I'm a person who looks white, but is like actually a Latino person. And I have a lot of confused ideas about like, when do I invoke that? Like, I don't feel comfortable walking around and like aggressively telling everyone like I'm Latino, I'm a person of color, because it's like, that's not really, that doesn't mesh with my experience. Like, I'm very proud of my identity and my heritage, but I'm not going to try and like say that my experience is the same as, as someone else who presents or appears in a much more like Mexican or Latino Latino way. So it's complicated. Jamila, you're the person I was talking to about all this. Now yes. that we've established that we're three basically like Anglo-Tinos, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, the, Latino is a complicated designation because there is no designation. It's not a race. It's not a nationality. It's kind of just this made up thing. So what is your response? Well, first of all, how do you identify, Jamila? Don't let me make any assumptions. Yeah, no, I, I identify as a black woman, just hella black. Great. American black. Hella black um, American. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I, I've been thinking a lot about um, Kanye in this respect, right? Like, yeah. he's taken so much heat recently about the stuff that he's trying to say about race, and it doesn't come off as very well informed. And, you know, you wish he, he would read a book. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think a lot of, like, what he's essentially saying is that race is fiction, right? Like, and he does not want to be labeled by how people perceive him right? right um and you know everybody that 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 is not a new argument right like tony morrison argues that in a lot of her nonfiction. So you know i don't know sure too right i mean aren't there a lot of conversations yeah. about like oh race is a social construct exactly but what's the conclusion yeah right does, yeah, if, no. does that mean if race is a social construct does that mean like oh then let's just move away from it and we don't have to worry about reconciling these social models, which I think yeah. is what Kanye is trying to say, where it's like, oh, just pretend it's not there and then it'll go away. So let me ask you really quickly, yeah. Jamila, while we're on this topic, because it does relate to the comic. Um, and this is kind of funny. I, part of when when Black Lightning makes his comment about like, oh, yeah, like we're the same. He's trying to make a connection with her like you guys were the, la the, the last stop on the slave ship before the U.S. When he backs up. He's like a little embarrassed because he thinks he's been culturally insensitive. Mm -hmm. And he says something, maybe Mel, you can help me out, to the effect of, oh, did I do the oblivious white person thing? I forget how he says it, but like he, he says, says, like, am I being the oblivious white person right now by making that assumption? What is it, Mel? He says, oh, man, I just put my foot in my mouth, right? I did the black version of the clueless white thing, right? I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> so the reason I love that line is because, like, being – it's a good reminder that, like, being, uh, like, culturally insensitive is not, like – um, just the purview of white people. You know what I mean? There's like all kinds of cultural insensitivities across all of our interactions. And it's like so helpful to be reminded that like sometimes we make assumptions. In that case, I don't think he was necessarily being clueless. I think it was kind of an astute and interesting observation. But I'm curious what your thoughts are on that, Jamila, in terms of like just thoughts on the diaspora and identity and like him drawing that connection like do you i know you think and talk a lot about race like do you have kind of an initial response to that yeah i mean so the first thing i think about is um 
you know, being a person of color, being a black person, like, right, like there's this oppression Olympics that people like to play where it's like, if you are black and you, you know, this are descended from slaves and you can do no wrong. Right. And that is just not true. Um, but I think for me, I think a lot about like, I live in Crown Heights in Brooklyn, which is a very, very West Indian neighborhood. Right. Like, and I constantly have to check myself on being ignorant as fuck when it comes to West Indian culture, when it comes to, you know, like, engaging with my neighbors or whatever. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think that that's definitely something that I think is getting a lot more play now, I think, than it has, right? Like, I think growing up in California, I grew up in San Francisco, um, you know, there were no Afro-Latinos. There were Mexicans and there were Blacks and there were, like, Black Americans and there were, you know, like, but like hello Samoans and Laotians and shit like, um, and so it, it it's different, right? I think race really in the U.S. depends on where you are geographically, um, and so you know when I come out here and I'm talking to folks and I'm like, yeah, like you know I, lo- I know a bunch of people who are Samoan and black, and they're like, what? Like I've never heard of that mix, and I'm like, for real? Like Samoans are the homies? Like what are you talking about? Um, so yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's complicated. I don't know if I'm. No, I mean that's deep, deep on its own. On it's a it, good but... reminder about what a big country we are and how different those racial assumptions are based on our regions. I mean, Melanie mentioned this earlier. She was talking about the difference between, you know, being an East Coast person and a West Coast person. And like, when I tell people that I'm Mexican in California, people are like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Like I wouldn't have known, but yeah, that tracks, you know. But people in New York are shocked because the patterns of immigration are so different, right? Like the like Mexican people have been in California since before it was part of the United States. It was Mexico, you know, and a lot of those people are European looking and like nobody's really tripping off of that. If you've been here like 10 generations, like true Chicanos, a lot of them are like tall or light skinned or even have like light hair and light eyes. So that's not really that hard to understand. But in New York, the patterns of immigration overwhelmingly from Mexico are people from Puebla and they're almost all indigenous. Right. And that's like a very distinctive look is that like indigenous Mexican. And it's like, I'm not even saying this as a joke or to be funny, but the first thing that everybody says in New York, when I tell them that I'm Mexican, they're like, but you're so tall, you know, like it doesn't have to do with my skin tone. Mm. It doesn't have to do with anything. They're just like, so clued, like clued into the experience of, you know, indigenous people coming to the United States from Mexico, that that's what a Mexican looks like. Um, So it's an important reminder. You're another California person, Amelia. I'm curious, like I I mean, if people in California have a hard time understanding that you're from Nicaragua, like, what, are there any Nicaraguense people in New York? Do you have to, like, pull out a map and tell no, people? I do. <laughs> no, I'm not. Like, someone thought I was in Africa the other day. I have to take this out. Someone thought um, Nicaragua, Nicaragua was, was in Africa? Yeah. I mean, I, I usually, the reference is Costa Rica. And then they understand. Oh, they're like, oh, yeah, I went to a surf camp yeah, there once. Yeah. Or a retreat, <laughs> or they're like, I found myself. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, actually, so my sister is, like, I'm very light. I look like my mom, and my sister looks like my dad, so. Is your we, mom white? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then my dad is from Nicaragua, and so when we went to camps, actually, no one would believe we were siblings, and actually, like, we'd be like, yeah, like, we're sisters, and people would be like, no. And, like, they would just stick to that. Like, no one... And also, when we go in public, like, you know, we experience things very differently. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, Nicaragua isn't... I mean, the only real relationship it has with the U.S. is the U.S. being, like, imperialistic and shitting all over it. And, uh, 
You mean like fighting an illegal war and like yeah, inventing like the crack trade to like have an illegal war there? Yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff? Yeah, and like revolution after revolution. And that's pretty have much the only when reference. Do you, do you like what is your um, cultural connection like? I mean, I, I used to go there. My a lot of my father's family is from Managua, which is like the main the main area, and they're very like influential. And so I used to go there a lot when I was younger. Um, but then I moved to New York when I was like thirteen, and then actually, I wasn't really in contact with my father for a little bit. But he has another family in Nicaragua, so I may go back in the future. But I haven't I haven't been back since I was like younger. But yeah, I mean, no one really knows where Nicaragua is. It's not like. You know, my last name is Gonzalez, yeah. Yeah, but you're right. The surfers and the expats <laughs> in San Juan del Sur, they know where yeah. <laughs> Nicaragua is. Yeah. <laughs> it's become the, the place that you go to when you realize Costa Rica is really expensive. <laughs> and you take a bus. It's like a cheaper Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where, you know, our, our friend Josue, who's from El Salvador, you know, they have this kind of like arrogance of small differences in Central America, just like everywhere else in the world. You know what I mean? They're like Polish people are always like complaining. You know, it's like the more similar you are, the more you clown each other. And he's like, oh, Costa Rica, what a joke. You know, that's where like all the generals go to retire. You know, like you like you're like a horrible despot and you like rule your country with an iron fist. And finally, there's a revolution. And you're like, I'll just go to Costa Rica. I'll just live on the beach for the rest of my life. Yeah. Did you already say it's the Switzerland of Central America? No. Because that's what they call Costa Rica. That's a better Designation. Because they don't have a, a military. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I guess they don't need one because they got the US. Universal healthcare, though. Yeah. I learned that in my Spanish class. I had to write a paper in Spanish <laughs> about healthcare in Costa Rica. And you're very good at environmental conservation. Yeah. <laughs> and toucans. I feel like I or like those frogs. You know what I mean? Like you think Costa Rica, all you can think about is like zip lining. Um, you know those little green frogs with the red eyes. And then, like, you think about uh, El Salvador, and it's just like a guy with a tattoo on his face. You know, like, their cultural assumptions are so disparate in Central America. That's why Josue is like, yo, man, like, we're really struggling down there. We have, like, an image problem in Costa Rica. It's like everybody thinks of it as this wonderful paradise. But I, I think for a second, Nicaragua just came on the map because of what's happening there. I mean, would you guys think, though, in the States, though, there's, like, that same kind of, oh, Nicaragua, here's the stereotype or identity i don't i don't i mean i think in a place like san francisco i don't know just because i grew up with a lot of people who were from different countries in central america and i knew i was like oh it's very important to make these distinctions i was like trying to be you know aware of things like that because you get me feeling if you didn't if you were like just like oh he's mexican people would be like idiot you know it's like you would get bullied for like not having cultural sensitivity thankfully because that's what san francisco is like yeah well, I mean, I'm I'm the kid that grew up in New York and it took actually going and living in Colorado and California to understand that there were Mexicans that lived in California. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that I, yeah, I I didn't um realize that that it was so heavily populated by Mexicans. Like there was we're we're very we're very self-centered here in, in New York. Um, I noticed that. Yeah, and I had a pretty good education, and yet it took it just took travel in order to get a better understanding and actually meeting people too. Because I remember, I'll always remember my first Hispanic journalist conference, and there's all these 
Tejanos <laughs> that were there. And I'm like, oh, there's all these Mexicans from Texas. Like, I didn't know there were so many. And they're just looking at me like, wow, you're a journalist. Just go home. <laughs> like, yeah. um, so it took a while. I was really naive in the early years of my career. And, and I, I imagine this is why you are meeting people in New York who are like, oh, Nicaragua's in Africa? Well, there's also um, just different categories. Like there's a whole category of people I never heard of before until I came to New York, which is Spanish. People call oh, themselves yeah. Spanish. People call each other Spanish. It's like so bizarre because the sensitivity in California is all about like Latino isn't even good enough. Like definitely don't say Hispanic and like Latino is kind of misleading, you know, and now we've gotten into a lot of really ugly designations like Latinx. Okay. I want to start off by thanking everybody, or I guess not start off. I want to finish by thanking everybody for being here. Amelia, it's a pleasure to have you back. Melanie, thank you for holding our hand through this Puerto Rican conversation. How do we mix those words up? Puerto Ricansation? Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, and Jamila, this is your first time here. It's great to have you. Thank you for sharing yep. your thoughts. All right, thanks everybody. Uh, you've been listening to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. Have a great night. Thanks a lot. Bye. <laughs> This episode of Quest On Media's Margin Call was produced in New York, New York.